Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 56, Cognitive Distortions. It's August 22nd, 2022. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster. I also happen to be a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be well-loved, happy and healthy, even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moscovich. Cognitive distortions. Well, I'm very excited about this topic because it's one of the things that trips people up in life. And as someone who has a very long history of working with people as a life coach, I like to do podcasts that help people get freed up because that's the whole point of all of my material. Cognitive distortions are not something that we talk about publicly. It's not like a public domain conversation for the most part, yet they are extremely common. Now, before I get into the content, I'm going to make a powerful request that you listen to this podcast from a point of inquiry or a point of curiosity or a point of wonder. And if during the podcast you happen to notice or begin to think, hmm, I might have a cognitive distortion. I want you to have it be a source of celebration or a source source of an opening for a new possibility for yourself because I am going to cover things that can help you deal with cognitive distortions if you have any. The typical way people react to learning something that there is to grow and develop within themselves, it's typically something people react negatively to, like, oh, woe is me, see, there's something wrong with me. Listen, you know, there's probably nothing wrong with you, but there's skills and abilities for you to grow and develop. So my request is that you listen to this and not beat yourself up if it turns out that you think you might have a cognitive distortion. Because it's an opportunity. When I learned I didn't have any anger skills, like in, I, when I learned a number of years ago, I didn't have any anger skills, like zip zero. I was like, oh my gosh, I was so excited because of course it's helpful to have anger skills. So it's helpful if you have a cognitive distortion to discover that, to recognize that, and then begin to deal with it. So that's my request to you as far as how to listen to it. So, you know, some of the research indicates that cognitive distortions have been on the rise, possibly or potentially because of what's happened in society from socioeconomic changes, from technology changes, and even possibly social media. So people who have depression or anxiety, which has skyrocketed as a result of the pandemic, may be more prone to cognitive distortions. The good news is there's something you can do about it. There's really no bad news here. So if you find out you have one or you think you might, it's not bad news. So let's get going. What I'm going to cover in today's podcast, I'm going to give you an overview to cognitive distortions in terms of what they are. I'm going to give you some examples. 
I'm going to talk about the impact cognitive distortions could have on your life. I'm going to address briefly feedback, criticism, and judgments with respect to cognitive distortions. I'm going to give you an alternative to cognitive distortions, which I think is really great. And then I'm going to give you some steps to dealing with a cognitive distortion if you have one, some takeaways and a call to action. If you are new to my podcast or my content, you can visit my website at www.lisaalundy to enter my current giveaway, which is aptly titled, Look, Look, I Want a Book. Yes, I'm giving away copies of my book. And apparently what I learned from my first giveaway back in the day was that I love giveaways. Make, make people happy. They make me happy. So I do do what I advocate, which is I do things that make me happy. And apparently a giveaway makes me happy. So I'm still doing it. All right. So you can enter my giveaway on my website. The next piece is very important. And that's my disclaimer. I am not a medical therapist or professional in any capacity. And you as a person should be getting any medical advice or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider of which I'm not. So that's that. That's my disclaimer. Next, if you happen to be suicidal, if you happen to feel hopeless, if you're thinking about harming yourself or you're thinking about killing yourself, I am asking you to please, I'll beg you. I'm not above begging people. I don't beg too often, but I'm not above begging you to please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number is one 800 273-8255. I'm asking you to talk about it. I'm asking you to tell people how you're feeling. And I'm asking you to get in action to get help and support with without having any shame or embarrassment. Because I promise you, I promise, people will help you. Now you might be disappointed it's not the people you hoped or not the people you expect, expected, but you'll get the help you need and that's what matters. So that's that. So next, I want to give you kind of a general overview, brief, on a cognitive distortion. So what is a cognitive distortion? Well, I have to tell you, I didn't know there was such a thing as a cognitive distortion um, until like two years ago or so. And I was having this conversation, and it was just not a rational conversation, a very logical, reasonable, and rational. And I was like, what, what? How, how can I make sense of this? And it turned out that the individual I was talking to had a cognitive distortion, which then everything made sense later. So here is, according to the American Psychological Association, the definition of a cognitive distortion is faulty or inaccurate thinking, perception, or belief. In other words, cognitive distortions are thoughts that present themselves as facts, but are untrue. So cognitive distortions are typically their negative biases, their negative biases in thinking that tend to kind of provide a vulnerability for dis, dis, depression and kind of a general dissatisfaction with life. So I won't get into the the categories, I mean, they kind of break cognitive distortions down into categories, and they talk about the, you know, 
the relationship between depression, anxiety, and cognitive distortions, what you need to know as a layperson is that they're very, very common. Like they're very common. And sometimes people develop a cognitive distortion because of a stressful event in life, or they develop a cognitive distortion as a coping mechanism in life. And sometimes they stem from childhood. And then as, as they grow older, it becomes a more rigid pattern of thinking. So cognitive distortions aren't helpful because they're untrue. And, you know, if you're not aware of it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really understand how it's impacting your life. So the point is that a cognitive distortion is an untrue perception, way of thinking, or belief that you have about life or about people. So it's not rational thinking. It's not rational. But most people who have a cognitive distortion aren't aware of it. So it permeates your life because it's a thought pattern. It's a way you think or, or a perception or a belief that you're not aware of, and then your whole life is filtered through that. So that's kind of the overview. They are thoughts that present themselves as facts that are not true. And so it comes into inaccurate thinking, perception, and belief. And they're very common. So let me give you, uh, in, the, in the research, in the PubMed, PubMed research on cognitive distortion, it's very interesting because originally when it was when cognitive distortions became recognized, there was a list of 10. And then over time, it's been expanded. So if you go Google cognitive distortions, you'll find, you know, representations that there's five, that there's eight, that there's 10, that there's 50, you know, like it's kind of all over the board. I'm going to give you 19 common ones. These are very common. And it's not all inclusive because it's very hard to decipher from the research which ones are actually, you know, bona fide. I'm not sure about that. So I'm going to give you ones that I feel are very, feel, I feel very confident are bona fide cognitive distortions from the research. And there are other ones apparently, or maybe possibly. All right. Catastrophizing, minimizing, grandiosity personalization, that's taking it personally, magical thinking, leaps in logic, black and white thinking, also called all or nothing thinking, also referred to as polarized thinking, paranoia, delusional thinking, filtering, overgeneralization, jumping to conclusions, control fallacies, fallacy of fairness, blaming, blaming meaning obviously blaming other people for your emotional pain, fallacy of change, mislabeling, which is also called global labeling, always being right, and mind reading. And that's assuming uh, what someone else is thinking without much to go on. So these are very common. So if we talk about catastrophizing you might know somebody who always thinks the you know the world is going to implode or the other shoe is going to drop they're always kind of ready for 
a catastrophe. And there's a, a thought pattern of, of catastrophizing, which I definitely don't recommend. Now, minimizing is a very interesting one because that's also common and often not recognized. And I have a, a long history of dealing with some people who are minimizers. And minimizers, you know, just really basically minimize the significance of a problem. They have a, they have a, a way of operating and a belief system or way of thinking that nothing's really a problem. <clears throat> now, um, emotional reasoners <clears throat> is another one. I didn't read off, but it, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But I think, you know, always being right is a very common cognitive distortion. And you probably know people. Hopefully you're not one of those people. But if you are, the good news is we, I'm going to give you some suggestions. So I want to talk to you briefly about how cognitive distortions, you know, the impact of them on your life, because they are irrational thinking. It's not rational. They impact your life substantially. And what impact they are likely to have is to interfere with your happiness and your survival. And whether a cognitive distortion is resolved or left unchecked, it can lead to feelings of depression, anxiety, fear, and hopelessness, according to the research. Cognitive distortions can interfere with relationships. They can interfere with your work. They can be the source of mental health problems like depression and anxiety. And cognitive distortions can lead to a vicious cycle of negative thoughts produced or contributed to by the flawed thinking or by the cognitive distortion. So I'm going to give you uh, an example or two examples. So emotional reasoners, this is kind of how I happened upon the whole concept of a cognitive distortion, because we all know I'm not a therapist. So. But, you know, I try to make sense of the world. And when you try to make sense of the world and you go do a little digging, you can find some very interesting stuff that helps you make sense of people's behaviors and situations and events, etc. So emotional reasoners are people who typically, <clears throat> my experience is, typically will tell you they're very good with their emotions. They might even tell you they have high emotional abilities. And they might even say they have high emotional intelligence, which is not true. What emotional reasoners do is they use their emotions as facts. And so someone who is an emotional reasoner or has the cognitive distortion of emotional, emotional reasoning can't actually arrive at a logical or true conclusion for their life because of the distortion, because they're using emotions as facts. So this can have a very negative impact on their life. So emotional reasoning or emotional reasoners, very, very common. They're not aware that they do that. But you can't have a, a logical and rational conversation with someone who's got this kind of distorted thinking. The I'm always right, which I always mention, is another common cognitive distortion that prevents people from being able to look at life from a true reality and prevents them from considering facts and truth. 
because they've already decided they're always right. Therefore, whatever they think should be done is correct and right, which it may not be right at all. So here's my analogy for you. I'm a big fan of analogies. And so here's my analogy for cognitive distortion. It's like the mirror that they have at carnival fun houses or carnival funny houses or fairs where you go in and they have all these mirrors that distort your image. It's still you standing in front of the image, but it's warped, it's distorted. And you know, if you go to a fun house or whatever they call them, that you don't actually look like that. You know it's it's a distortion because you know you're in a fun house. But in my opinion, I think it's a good analogy because cognitive distortions distort reality. They distort the truth because they're a filter of irrational thinking, flawed thinking. So the thing is, when you engage in growth and development, which by the way, you're doing right now because you're listening to this podcast, you can begin to deal with cognitive distortions and get a true sense and a true map and a true reality of your life and your image because you can deal with a cognitive distortion. So just remembering that cognitive distortions are biased thought patterns that are inaccurate. They are not true. And that's very powerful and helpful because sometimes you're going to get feedback criticism, or judgments, which is my next subject here. So I want to talk briefly about criticism, feedback, and judgments with respect to cognitive distortions. So you know if you're in the fun house or the funny house at a carnival that the warped image you're seeing in the mirror is not you, and that's not what you look like. But you're operating in life, and maybe you have a cognitive distortion, or maybe you don't, but it's highly likely, if you don't, that people in your life do. So the question becomes, is feedback, judgment, or criticism from someone else who has a cognitive distortion, is it valid, is it real, is it worthwhile? Well, we know that cognitive distortions, because I just covered that, is flawed and inaccurate or untrue thinking. And so as a result, feedback, criticism, or judgments rendered or given by someone who has a cognitive distortion may or may not be valid. I mean, it may be valid and it may not be valid. It may be valid even though they have a cognitive distortion. So this is why this kind of underscores, in my opinion, the importance of, number one, getting your own house in order with respect to any cognitive distortions. Because you want your thinking to be rational. You want your thinking to be true. You want to have an accurate, true representation of law, of life, You don't want to have flawed thinking. You don't want to have the funny house mirror warped image of life. The second reason is because you want to, and you know, it's like helpful to have self-awareness because as you grow your self-awareness, you know, everything else in life starts to change for the better, I might add. 
and it's the other reason to grow your emotional abilities. So when you have a cognitive distortion, you know, you are filtering what you're doing. Let's say you, you've listened to this podcast and you go, hmm, I, I do kind of minimize things or, oh, oh, yes, I think I'm really great with my emotions or, oh, I'm always right or, oh, I do jump to conclusions or I do black and white thinking or all or nothing thinking, you know, then you, if you recognize that you have a cognitive distortion, first of all, the good news is there's something you can do about it. So there's no bad news here. But if you have one, what you're doing is you're filtering other people's criticisms, judgments, or feedback through your distorted filter. So you're filtering any feedback, judgments, or criticism through irrational and untrue thinking, which is just not helpful. It's not going to be helpful to you. So given what I know about cognitive distortions and irrational thinking and being uh, as self-aware as I am, I don't dismiss judgments, criticism, or feedback out of hand. I just don't dismiss negative feedback, criticism, or judgment out of hand. What I do do, however, is I carefully consider the feedback or judgments or criticism against multiple criteria to see if the feedback or criticism or judgment has merit. Like, it might have merit even if someone has, you know, major cognitive distortion that's obvious. Like, so... You know, when I'm dealing with someone who has the I'm always right cognitive distortion, for example, if I'm not doing what they think I should be doing, then they're going to judge and criticize and condemn me because they're always right. So they know, like, quote unquote, they know what I should do. And when I'm not doing what they think I should be doing, I end up with right judgment, condemnation and criticism. So. I think that's a pretty good example. So, you know, if you have one, it's time to get to work on it. We're going to talk about that. And if you don't have one, well, you can say hallelujah. But you want to be awake and aware that someone in your life could be interacting with you from an ir irrational thinking, a flawed thinking point of view and that's helpful to know. I mean, all of this stuff, like everything I do is about how to make life easier and better so you can be happier and healthier and well-loved because I know how hard life is. Trust me. I know so much about how hard life can be. So the next piece I want to give you is an alternative to cognitive distortions. Now, this isn't the piece where I'm going to give you some steps. That's coming up. But this is an alternative to, you know, cognitive distortions or like, like a different approach. So one way that cognitive distortions get on earth, like one way that people discover they have a cognitive distortion is when they get to work on living their best life. I'm telling you, when people start working on their life, and they begin to grow and develop, and they're working on emotional intelligence, the cornerstone or foundation, or first step is self-awareness. Cognitive distortions are one of the things that show up. Like, 
So if you went to work on living your best life, you would discover things like I discovered I didn't have any anger skills and I discovered I'm way too trusting, like being way too trusting is my Achilles heel. And that's probably not something. And I look at life through rose colored glasses. Like they're like, I'm very self-aware of what I do and what I have to be careful of as a result. So here's my questions. Are you living your best life? Are you happy? Are you healthy? Are you doing what you want to be doing or what you'd like to be doing? And how much of your life is occupied with what I have coined or term <clears throat> the difficult emotions? So difficult emotions being unhappiness, depression, anxiety, anger, resentment, betrayal, rejection, like sadness, all those things. How much of your life is occupied by the difficult emotions. I mean, you are the only one who can say if you are living your best life. Like, are you functional in life? Are you taking care of yourself? You know, have you tamed your inner critic? Like, becoming self-aware and living your best life, it's a magical journey. I'm not saying it's not going to be confronting at times. Of course, it's confronting, but just like anything else would be confronting. So if you start to live your best life, you might bump up against a cognitive distortion. You might recognize that you have some disempowering attitudes or beliefs or other issues or considerations that are not helping you in life. Well, don't you want to have an amazing, rich, wonderful life? Well, I hope that you do. But one of the issues could be cognitive, a cognitive distortion or disordered or you know, flawed thinking. So it's helpful. I mean, I know how bitterly hard life is. I know. Nobody ever needs to tell me about that because I've lived it. But I also know from my own life and from the people I've worked with that when you get to work on your life and start taking actions, you can make your life rich and amazing. And you might discover you have a cognitive distortion. You might already have realized that from this podcast so far which is not bad news. So I'm going to give you the good news of what you can do. Because what we know about the science of the brain from neuroplasticity of the brain is that you can at any point in time, regardless of your age or your circumstances, you can create new neuronal pathways in your brain. Your, your brain has what they call plasticity, that's why the term is neuroplasticity. And you can grow and change your brain, and you can grow and change your life. So it's all really good news. Don't be down in the mouth or down in, you know, don't be down if you recognize so far from this podcast, you know, you engage in black and white thinking, or you, you, you're always right. Like, you could be down about that, but you could also say, wow, I just listened to this podcast, and I think... I think I might have a cognitive distortion that goes like I minimize anything that happens in life or I catastrophize everything or like you could have it be an opportunity of huge proportions. I mean, when I discovered I had no anger skills, I was just so, well, first of all, I was shocked. But as soon as, as soon as it was discovered, it was like, oh, well, of course that makes sense. Look at, look at this and this and this in my life. Of course I wouldn't have any anger skills and I went to grow them and it was very exciting and I made it fun. So here's some steps to, now these are only steps if you yourself 
have a cognitive distortion. If you have someone else in your life who has one, that's something that they'll have to grow and, and work on. They'll have to grow and develop. I mean, you, you could say something to someone, although I, I never... I never have. Well, I take that back. I did have a conversation with someone about being a minimizer and they later said, you know, I'm, I'm really glad we had that conversation because it's true. It's what I do. And there's, you know, like they don't have to be, it doesn't have to be some horrible, bad thing. I'm just look at it as an opportunity and, and exciting. So this, these next suggestions are steps for dealing with a cognitive distortion. If you are the one who has a cognitive distortion just to make that clear. So number one, I'm suggesting that you make a resolute commitment to start living your life fully. Like really play all out, be all in, make a commitment. Yep, today I have decided I am going to take on my life. Cognitive distortion aside, this is going to be wildly helpful for you in every area if you took on your life. Like if you made a commitment, you know what, I've had an XYZ kind of life or my life has gone like blah, blah, blah. But moving forward, I'm going to take on myself. I'm going to take on my life. I'm going to have a really happy, amazing life. That would change things because everything starts with a commitment. My next suggestion, and I'm a huge fan of this, is that you put together a team or at the very minimum, you get a buddy for this journey because you want to go on a journey to happiness. Like happiness is amazing. I just did a podcast about how happiness can literally save your life, which is an assertion. Like I'm making an assertion in the podcast and I'm backing up my assertion with science, hardcore science. So get a buddy, at least one person, or make a whole team and make it fun. Get a name for your team. Get, you know, set up some parties and events. Like we're going on the journey to happiness because we're going to be all in for living life fully. You can even take characters from your favorite movie or book or, you know, gaming if you do that. Like, yes, like why not? What are you going to wait for? You're going to wait for someday to have a great life? No, today's a perfect day to start. So the next suggestion is I want you to begin to notice and pay attention to what you think because we really kind of operate in life with a little bit of an unconscious edge to what we're thinking, to, you know, sometimes what we're doing. And this will be helpful if you start to kind of like sit up and take notice. Oh, did I really just say that? Did I really just say that about myself or notice what you're thinking? This is the beginning of self-awareness, which is the cornerstone of, of emotional intelligence. So what do you think? What are you thinking? Pay attention to your thoughts because it's going to be extremely helpful. Now, I do have an upcoming, couple of upcoming podcasts that will be very helpful with that. But start paying attention to your thoughts and, of course, how you're feeling. My next suggestion is kind of formed in a question. Do you make snap judgments about or criticize people without fully knowing them? That 
could be a sign of a cognitive distortion. I mean, it could be. That doesn't mean it is. And it could be a sign that you engage in comparing yourself to others, which is my very next podcast I'm going to do this week. Um, And it could be a sign that it's time for you to grow and develop. Because when you're fully all in to having a great life for yourself and you're working on yourself and you're creating, you know, dreams and, you know, desires and you're at work in your life, you just don't have time for minutia. You don't have time to be sitting around making snap judgments and criticizing other people that you hardly know or barely know because you are up to something. You are up to something, which is, by the way, my next suggestion is to be up to something. Set some goals for yourself. Start taking actions towards your goals. We know from the research that when people set goals, I'm not talking about you don't have to be out to change the world. You could just be out to get in shape or lose five pounds or, you know, start working more or clean out your closet or, you know, it doesn't have to be this gigantic, humongous goal. But what we know from the research is when people set goals for themselves and start taking actions towards those goals, that leads to happiness. It helps them be happier. So be up to something, something. You know, you could, it could be very small, but, you know, have a bucket list or a plan for your life. So that's going to be helpful. My next suggestion, which is one of my almost on every list suggestion, because it's that important, is self-care and self-compassion. We look around at people in society in the world, you know, we have a lot of people, we have more people who aren't taking good care of themselves. And they look tired and they look unhappy. And I mean, they, they're just not taking care of themselves. And I'm not saying that's not for good reason, but self-care is really important if you want to be happy and it's important if you want to be healthy and it's important in all kinds of ways. And I have a whole podcast about that and coupled with that, I kind of have married self-care and self-compassion together because they do have synergy and they do well go well together, but people aren't very kind to themselves. People have a tendency to be harsh and critical of themselves and I do talk about that in my podcast on self-care and self-compassion and I also talk about my own personal journey to go from being very critical and very harsh on myself I was kind and compassionate to other people but not to myself so you want to start building self-care and self-compassion into your life because it's going to help you feel better it's going to help you look better it's going to help your life in every way both of them. My next suggestion is emotions as a superpower. Now, I, as a Newsweek Expert Forum member, I am permitted to publish articles on Newsweek.com. And if you go to the Newsweek.com site under the Expert tab, you'll find two of my Newsweek articles that are about emotional intelligence and how to start going on that journey. I also have several podcasts that will help you with that. But emotions can be a superpower, but only if you know how to use them. 
And here's the catch, which I discussed in my Newsweek article. You know, when Spider-Man gets his, learns he has a superpower webbing, he has to learn how to shoot it. He just doesn't know how to operate. How does, how does he start and stop the webbing? How does that work? And so we as human beings have to learn how to identify, manage, and process our emotions, which is a process. You know, it's not an overnight thing, but it's like wildly amazing. It is so fabulous. Like, I can't even tell you. Well, I actually can tell you, but, but, you know, start to grow your emotions as a superpower. My next suggestion is, you know, get therapy if you need therapy or get help if you need help with something. Like you don't have to do life alone. We mostly do life alone by ourselves. And I'm not a fan of that. Like I'm not a fan of doing life by myself. And when I can rope people into things like <laughs> I'm starting a local, um, social outing club and I roped people into it, told them they're going to be, you know, co-founders. I don't know how many founders we have. We'll have, like, we have three so far and I, I know, these people are like, oh wow, now I'm a founder. Yeah, because like, of course you want to do things in team. So if you need help, get help. If you need therapy, get therapy. And I am doing a podcast uh, coming up about what is therapy anyway, because people don't understand what therapy is. And I think if people understood what therapy was, and, and different aspects of it, they wouldn't be so, you know, negative about it. Um, and my last suggestion for if you're dealing with the cognitive distortion is to start doing right now things that make you happy. My caveat is not at the expense of other people. Now, sometimes people will be unhappy about what you're doing, but if you're doing something that's within your right and you're doing something that's legal and moral and ethical and whatnot, they can be unhappy about it. But, you know, start doing things that make you happy because it literally could save or change your life. And my podcast on that should be very interesting to you if you're not generally happy because the science is shocking. The science is compelling. I mean, I'm very excited about the science because like, who knew? Well, guess what? The scientists know. We average people just don't know. So start doing things that make you happy. Start bringing happiness into your life. So besides the podcast on how, 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 um, happiness can literally save your life. I did do, uh, some weeks ago, a three part crash course in happy happiness where I lay out multiple aspects. I don't go into any aspect in detail in the podcasts, but it's kind of like a summary. Like if you want to be highly functional in life and really happy, these are the kind of components that are going to get you there. So I have tons of material that will help you, but it's time to get on the road to having an amazing life, which in the process, you will get any cognitive distortions dealt with if you have any. So, so here's my takeaways. It's time to recognize that cognitive distortions are very common, possibly pervasive, and they could be preventing you from really having an amazing life. I mean, they could be. It could be contributing to depression, anxiety, and other negative emotions. Number two, it's time to start putting together a team or at least a buddy to go on the journey to having an amazing 
wonderful life. Or you, you can do it alone. I mean, you know, you can. It's your choice. But why not? And it's time to make it fun. And my last takeaway is once you start taking actions to grow and develop the skills, habits, practices, empowering beliefs, deal with any cognitive distortions, and make happiness your thing, and, and you ha- then you're going to be backed up by the skills, then even when life is very difficult, you will be able to get through it in an amazing way. Like you really would be surprised if you had certain skills and abilities, how different it is when you're dealing with a major awful life challenge. My call to action is it's time to get on the road for growth and development, which is the access to love. It's the access to happiness. It's the access to all the good stuff. And it's time to take friends or family or neighbors or coworkers or whoever. It's time to take people with you because you'll be more successful and you have more, more fun. And lastly, it's time to share this podcast on social media or with your friends and family because you want them along the ride with you. It will help you and it will help them. That's all for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 56, Cognitive Distortions. I hope you're going to get on the road to happiness and start taking some actions to make your life rich and amazing, because that's what I want for you. Please visit me at my website at www.lisaalundy.com to enter my giveaway. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. And of course, share it with the people you love. I love you. Hang in there for now. That's all.